Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Hazardous Casuals podcast. I'm one of your hosts and the Game Master, Matt. We're so glad that you're joining us for another episode, and we greatly appreciate you tuning in. We hope that this episode and podcast brightens your week. Now, we only have two episodes left before our prequel arc is finished, and we begin our next chapter of our story. However, like I said last week, we did have a mishap with this session's recording, and we only got half of it. So this next episode after this one will be a little bit different, and we will end up concluding the arc next episode. If you'd like to keep up to date with the show, you can check us out on Twitter at Hazardous Casual, and you can contact us at our email, hazardouscasuals at gmail.com. You also can check out our page on Podbean, where we have some info about the World of Valeria, the characters of the campaign, and we'll also be uploading at various times some resources for gaming as well. We would greatly appreciate it if you could give us an iTunes review or tell your friends about us. And with all that out of the way, we'll hop in with some character introductions. And let's start off with Gavin, who is playing Leo Thundershield. Hello! My name's Leo, Leopold Thundershield, and I play a human tradesperson. I've traveled all the way out to Three Oaks to make my fortune. But things turn a twist, and here I am. Hi, I'm Jordan. I play Raytheon Mistweave. He's a wood elf ranger um, who has uh, found the end of his skill in the woodcraft and now seeks to learn magic. Hello, good traveler. My name is Katji, Katji Rogan. And I am not a cat, I am a cat person. No, wait, I am a Dunair from the far south of the dunes. And I'm here on this adventure to try to help out the crazy wizard that I met once. And essentially now I'm in peril due to his stupid suggestion. Uh, I'm Seth, and I'm playing Makra, the orc monk. Uh, he's been traveling on his own for quite some time. He's old and grizzled and doesn't care for people a whole lot. All right, with our character introductions out of the way, let's do a real quick recap of what happened last episode. Last episode, we met a new character, Makra the Monk Orc, played by Seth. Makra arrived at Three Oaks and began to get to know the town a little bit. But before Makra could turn in for the evening, a creepy fog settled in over Three Oaks. Knowing that this was an ominous sign, Makra decided to raise the alarm and went to speak with the town guard. Raytheon, Katji, Ruby, and Leo delved further into Morty's vault and discovered a sanctum of immense magical power. Overcome by the powerful magic, they slipped into a dream state and they were given three tests. They were faced with investigating and discerning the guilty and the innocent parties of three different crimes. After coming to somewhat of a consensus and a conclusion to their investigation, their test was finished, and they awoke from their dream state. As they awoke, they were surprised to see a very familiar face. Standing before them was Morty the Wizard. There stands Morty in the room next to your... Still your spiritual guide, uh, Eliza Marigold, not the real uh, Marigold. And actually, I think she begins to transform from Eliza into more of a just um, sort of an elven representation, I guess you could say. 
um, long gold locks, very tall, very fair, very um, elegant. Hello. This must be your true form. I think Morty looks at you guys and smiles and goes, Well, I'm glad to see you've all made it. Who are you? You recognize this old man. After a few seconds. Uh, you remember back to the day that you were robbed. And right after you were robbed, or were being robbed, and it looked like you were almost going to lose your life, an old grizzled wizard came by and chased off the bandits. Helped you on your way, gave you a elixir, and as you were about to thank him, you turned around and he was just gone. You... I, I know you. You you're the one that saved me. You saved my skin back. These con these are the continent. Yes, yes, that was me. Well, that was a long time ago, though. I can't believe you also met Morty, the crazy wizard I met. I he didn't introduce his name. He wait, he, this is Morty. Yes, this is Morty. I am Morty, but I am not here. I understand your. Um, I made a deal with um, this. Uh, I guess you could say celestial. Uh, long ago, when I first came here and stumbled upon this um, beautiful place that um, I would help protect her if she would help me protect something else. What needed protecting so badly? Well, he grins and goes, if you're able to make it to the rest of the dungeon, you will find out. I can't say too much. There are ears listening. Where are you, really? I actually don't know that either. The last I remember, he looks at you, Catcheat, is we split ways around Midwraith down south. I was the last one you saw? No, no. I traveled up past Lethlirian and into the wilds out east, headed towards the north. Uh, once I crossed the river, I was attacked at night. And uh, that's the last I remember. I can tell you that I am in a tower, but I am not in a city. Well, that's useful. I'm sure there's not many towers all over this continent. <laughs> ah, there's that humor that I, <laughs> I so enjoyed on our travels. Uh, to answer your question... Hold on, hold on. What would happen if you touch silver? I can't touch anything. He, like... Waves his hand through Eliza. See? See nothing. Nothing. Can't see nothing. Can't touch nothing. Isn't Eliza also a spirit? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I hate to break this up, but we might have undead creatures trying to follow us through here. Oh, they won't be able to get in the, down in the dungeons. Now, a person, uh, that, the person that might have raised the necromancer might be able to kind of think a second. You should, listen, there's a reason why you were here. I am Perfectly confident in all of your abilities. I have no doubt that you will be able to save the town. Did you leave us anything to help, like perhaps a wazakashi or a way to revive the stone? Uh, well, you will have to ask her about the stone. It, um, he looks at Ruby and goes, I know I look much older now, and that, uh, it's probably due to the stone. Those stones are 
and the heavy drinking and the heavy smoking. Being away from your family. And actually, Donovan, you, you recognize it too. He actually does look about 20 years older than the last time you saw him. Than that, He looks to be about in his early 80s at this point. He has not aged well in the few months that you have not been with him. It looks like you need to cast a Metamucil spell. <laughs> what is what's Metamucil? Oh, it'll regenerate you, and it's good health for your colon at your age. Uh, he finally turns back to you, Raytheon. I believe you had a question about my whereabouts. Yes. What what lands can you see around you? Perhaps we could find you. I know that there are mountains, but I can barely see the tops of them. I know that I'm in a tower because, well, I can see out a window, and I've seen birds. Nothing of the coastal kind. What sorts of trees? No trees. I'm no chained. Tree cold? I'm, I'm trained, chained to them. Well, <laughs> yes, the, the nights have been cold. Oh, okay. So we know about where you are. Someone is, I believe, on their way. I must bid my bid you farewell. Hey, hey, what, what kind of a... Uh, is it human? Uh-huh. Is it elven construction? Anything like that? It is... I believe Elvin. Who is on okay. the way? My captors. Who are they? What do they look like? Well, Where all, do they come from? All I have seen is, uh, well, the only one that keeps coming now is a bearded devil. A what? A bearded devil. A bearded devil? Yes. You know, a I... devil with a beard. Oh, so you, you died. No, I'm alive. I would know if I'm dead. Are you further south or are you up north? Well, I was heading north. Oh, here you go. Ah! Then he just vanishes. See, don't you just want to strangle him from time to time? <laughs> no, I want to learn where he is. So you can strangle him, right? Come on. We, we all, we all oh, met him. I really don't want to strangle I think that we're rather missing the urgency of this situation. A man well, is being whipped by death. We've got to face the current undead army around us or whatever. Yes, we, we. I guess we have to continue. All right, let's go. Uh, okay, so are there any uh, any like doors in the room that we can see aside from these uh, yeah. one in front of us? She's still here. We have a guide right here. Yeah, yeah, she's still there. She's still there. Hey, three lady. Uh, so what do we do? What would your suggestion be? Can you give me a Wasikowski? You you may call me Afriel, and I'm sorry, but I cannot create items for you. Hey, thanks. I'm sorry. I know that that was something you desire, but I cannot... I was not endowed with that power from the Celestials. So Avrael or Avrael? Afriel. Afriel, okay. However, you did pass the trial that um, me and Morty both devised. Each person has a different trial, and it is not necessarily completely entirely the decisions you make. It is more the intentions of your heart. If uh, you wish, I may grant you one request. But before we proceed with that, I give you a warning. While each of your hearts are pure... All and- three of us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that describes my heart perfectly. I say, winking at my friends. And <laughs> you made decisions based on the information you had. 
I would give you a warning. Shadow magic is not something to take as lightly as some of you did. However, I understand the desire and the desire to forgive and to allow for redemption, but you must understand that shadow magic is evil, even with the best intentions. It corrupts the soul. It is, how would you say, an affront to nature and the celestials. Even if the young witch was pure of heart and wished only to save the young girl who had died, I ask this, what if a young child had strayed too close to the grove, and instead of the flowers or the witch who was casting the spell, giving her own life to revive or resurrect the, the girl, what if the child was instead taken? Shadow magic corrupts the soul, and there is no way to remove that corruption without more pain. So please, heed the warning. That's why they call it the taint. <laughs> oh yes, I'm familiar with the taint. Well, if she had hurt somebody, we would certainly have considered differently. She did hurt someone. She corrupted herself, and also the nature around her. I don't see how this is much differently than, than the magic, I guess you'd say, of my people, our shaman. Sometimes there are even sacrifices. Heck, go back generations, there's even worse. No, you see, the magic your shaman uses not shadow magic. It is primal, more than not, if not arcane in nature, or even divine, probably, in some instances. But shadow magic is not something that is used by many people in the world. The warning I would give you is to not take shadow magic lightly. There are things in this world that it is created that cannot be healed yet. The object that lies at the end of your journey here is something created with the most evil intentions that you have ever encountered on your journey so far. Hmm. And Morty apparently trusts each and every one of you. I, I'm not altogether certain that he should trust me. I mean, I've never had any dealings with him, no matter what anyone else may have experienced here. I, you said that you met him, Leo. It was brief. Uh, when I got robbed, I mentioned being robbed before having to start over again with these crocodiles here. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was, I was robbed. They, they, they had, had plundered everything I had, and it seemed like while they were walking off with my goods, I was about to be killed. But Morty just stepped in and just blew away the guys who were about to kill me. I gave me uh, a potion to heal myself, and and before I could thank him, he just disappeared. I have no idea. I've never seen someone teleport out or vanish like that. Ruby kind of smiles and goes, "Yeah, he he used to play jokes on people around Three Oaks like that, especially the kids." Huh. Oh, maybe you really like crocodiles. <laughs> you maybe <laughs> like crocodiles. Uh, Afrael, um, how would he know our character like that? All he spoke of was that he knew each of you. I he didn't go into detail, but he came by shortly before he left 
and said that each of you would be probably coming this way. However, there is one individual missing. Ooh. Well, she smiles and goes, I don't believe it would be for me to say. Things may have altered. Morty is not a god, nor is he a celestial. He cannot control the future. Are you perhaps a celestial? Your name is sounds celestial to me. I am. Well, we got an open spot on the party. <laughs> I am flattered. But uh, sadly, this is my dwelling place. To leave Three Oaks would would uh, change Three Oaks from what it is. Uh, Are you the cause of the strange trees? Yes. You are curious about the trees growing back. To say the least. It is this well, and she points to the well and goes, the waters are divine because, um, well, the waters are, I guess you could say me. Oh. I'm ever so sorry for drinking you then. No, no, no. It, it, is, it is the way that I was created. To bless others. I see. But not to create in and of itself, just to bless. Now, to be clear, you are celestial, not a woodland spirit or an elemental. No, I'm, I am a celestial, yes. We've, we've already been over this. I was wondering, is there anything you can give us to help us on our journey? Yes, I am able to grant you one request. I may offer you a blessing. Um. I can offer you a a healing potion. I can give you uh, a revelation. And uh, maybe even, if you really wish, uh, a prophecy. Well, hmm. I will say, though, that um, I don't prefer to offer blessings of the killing kind. Ah, I see. She clearly uh, does wonders with wood. Mm. What sort of blessings are you? do you find yourself predisposed <laughs> to give? Okay, basically, all right, here's what she's offering. I'm just going to spell it out in game terms. She can bless one non-combat skill. Do magic skills count as non-combat <clears throat> skills? Uh, no, because they, they can be used for combat. So Raytheon's whole deal is he wants to get better at primal magic. So sure. if that's something that she can do, he's into it. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll give you this. I'll say this. Um, okay. If you guys want her to bless a combat skill, there is a risk with it. If you then, use, if you then use that combat skill uh, to bring about, to do harm or evil with it, not harm as in like kill, some, kill an evil person, but if you do to use it to bring uh, Evil to the innocent, um, there would be consequences. And that would be entirely at your discretion whether or not it was being done that yeah, way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay. She did just say that she prefers not to bless anything that would lead to killings. Yeah, combat. she prefers not to. So basically, right, right now, I'll, I'll give you the options. Basically, she can, she can bless any skill. She would prefer non-combat, but if you want something that can't has the combat potential, she'll do it. But there's a there's a threat there's a there's a risk to it. She can bless an item. She can give you um, a special, um, I guess you could say, a restoring drink, which would be comprised of the waters here. 
Uh, she can give you a revelation about your current situation, um, info about something, or she can give you a prophecy. And I would suggest that only one person take the prophecy. Can I go first? Or? Yes. What? I see no reason not to, Kaji. What, what, what do you desire? Afriel, uh, well, first off, uh, meeting you is very unique to me because the celestials are some of the deities that my people worship. Uh, Aziel and some others of the desert, uh, all who have not proven to be jinn who deceive. Uh, so if you are that type, uh, I am blessed to meet you. Um, thank you for taking part in our journey and guiding us. Um, is there, is there any, before I ask for anything, is there anything I must know about this stone? I did not know if there was any goodness in saving it as charred as it looks. She approaches you and holds out a hand, um, and says, let me examine the stone. I put my balls in her hand. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) She rips them off. (laughs) She thought she was nurturing. (laughs) That's no way it treats a wood. So, uh, uh, so Ketchy's going to uh, pat the back of his uh, jerkin or jacket uh, a couple times, and then from the pocket, he's going to bring out the stone and just hand it to her. Uh, she takes it, and she looks over it, kind of puts uh, both hands kind of covering it, and seems as if she's, like, examining it. Uh, she goes, it is not yet completely destroyed. I can restore this, but the way these stones work is that they must be tied to a life force. I could restore it, but one of you would have to choose to make a sacrifice. Of what kind? Of, I would say, soul. And what, what would be the gain? This stone can protect the city from any uh, dark magic or creature of that nature from the shadow world from entering it. Alright, what would the sacrifice entail? Basically, uh, you would have to give up two health points. Permanent health points? Yes, this would be as long as the stone stays um, whole, you will not lose any vitality. However, if the stone is destroyed, it will it will destroy it will take uh, your part of your life. So that's why Morty aged. Ah, uh, partially, I believe Morty has been through a lot more than we realize. Well, I'm more than willing to lay down part of my soul for this. To protect this town, which has been so good to us? I believe I, too, will have lost my home. I am, I am willing to pay with part of my life uh, to pay this tree's toll to get into the stone's soul. And let's, let us not neglect the ruby. This is your home, and it would be, uh, it would be uh, neglectful of us to include you in its protection. Yeah, Ruby was going to step up and say, I, I, will, I will do this. I don't care. I will do it. I will give him my life. Raytheon raises a hand and uh, steps forward. I volunteer. 
Uh, I put a massive, massive giant man's hand on your shoulder and say, this, uh, if you feel so strongly about this, you can do this, but I'm telling you this would not be such a burden for me. Yeah. Is that okay? Only if you're certain. I can do this thing. She looks at you right then and goes, yeah, I'm certain. This is, it's okay. Besides, it, you don't lose it unless the stone gets destroyed. And what has that ever happened? Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to teach you about consequences, kid. <laughs> um, she goes. So, um, what do we do? Do we just put our hand on it? Like, and she walks up. She goes, "Yes, approach." Wait, wait, wait. We already have two people to give away, one part each. So, who are the two? Um, Leo and R- Ruby have volunteered. Um, so she motions for you guys, and uh, as she like holds out her arms and and asks you to come towards the stone, begins to float. Place one hand on the underside and the other hand on the top side. So Ruby places one of her hands on on the bottom. I place mine on the top. Afriel touches both of your shoulders, and uh, the room goes pretty bright as the, the stone slowly awakens, and you do feel some of your, I guess you could say, life force. being transferred, yet you don't feel a difference. And after a few seconds, uh, the stone sort of dims back down to its normal state that it was in before it was damaged. Does the stone have to remain here? It does not, but it would be a very selfish thing to take it with you. Oh, okay, so it has to be here to continue protecting the town. So how would you guys keep it down here? More to see if we could protect it wherever we went. But I get the gist of what you're saying. Oh, no, it has to be. Wherever it goes, it protects. So oh, okay, yes. You that's, took that's what it, I was asking. Yeah, if you took it. So why did you leave it outside, not down here with you? Well, that was, um, that was Morty's decision. I did not create this thing. I simply helped Seems him. like the foolish oversight from the old man. Yes, Possibly. the only reason any of this danger happened. Well, then let us, let us figure out where to put it. Um, I, if you wish for me to keep it, I will do so. Could you keep it in the well? Surely no one would look for it in there, and if they did, you'd be able to put them in that sleep. This is, um, I would be able to do this. This is acceptable. What do you say, the three of you? Ruby goes, yeah, I think this is the... It makes sense to me. I mean, it's safe. You have to go through a lot of dangerous stuff to get here. I believe that if something was strong enough to overpower a celestial to get at it, we would probably provide a little protection as it is. So this seems wise. Mm -hmm. The best protection we can give, it seems. Yes. All right, uh, let's let's uh at there. Let's screen wipe over to Seth. We haven't hey Seth seen him. Oh hi, hey Seth. <laughs> you sir are at the barracks, um, which is number yes. two on the map. Um, so as she as the captain hollers um for her troops to assemble, and they do so kind of sluggishly and all. Uh, yeah, kind of 
kind of drunkishly, I guess you could say. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're called the Avengers, right? Yeah, they're called the Avengers. They assemble. Because um, they're assembling? It's, they start to uh, get up from their meal, their feast. Um, you, you kind of pop back out the, the gates to look around. And this fog has completely engulfed the city. Make me a vigilance check. Uh, the difficulty is going to be two purple with a setback die. Alright. Rolling. Two success. two success. Alright, so as you step out of the gates, take a look around. Um, you look to the left, and you don't see any... No, you look to the right and don't see anything, but when you look back to the left, you immediately dodge out of the way, because a skeleton... A armored skeleton uh, charges towards you and with a raised sword and swings. You miss it, um, but he does come out of nowhere. Well, that's not right. Uh, you uh, hear, you hear uh, <laughs> your good old guard buddy that was that you first met go, "Oh, it's a skeleton! Skeleton! We're boned!" I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna try some divine magic at it. Okay. Um, attack, which is something that divine can do. Uh, GM, would you determine that holy damage would make a difference here? Yes. Oh yes. All right. So this is my first time casting a spell on this system. So, but adding holy would add a difficulty. Yes. Die. So it'd be two difficulty. And I take two strain when I cast this, right? Yes. Roll. That'd be two success and an advantage. So two successes and an advantage. So uh, the way it works is it the damage is according to your uh, characteristic that's tied to the spell, which would be, I believe, willpower for divine. My willpower is three. Okay, so three. So plus your successes. So that's five. But with the holy attribute, I understand that. Deter- that changes it. Yes, it adds plus two um, instead of one. So uh, two, four plus three is seven. So seven damage plus an advantage. Not bad. No, that's pretty good. Ooh. This thing is you're going to kill it. So how does it look when you kill this thing? It's it's going to die. So it it takes a swipe, and I just do like a little bit of a limbo duck back, and it. And I managed to evade it, and then I just almost like an like Iron Man esque. I just kind of hold up my hand, and a bolt of divine holy light emanates from it and hits it square between the eyes, and it disintegrates into a pile of dust. Nice. The captain comes running out. Uh, we heard skeletons. Well, I've only seen one so far. I know if there'll be more but I, it's safe to assume there will be wait did you do that did i point to myself monk okay good good yeah we have another monk but i don't know where he is so find him quickly or her you know i not not prejudiced could be her i don't know uh she barks a couple orders to her troops and you see a detachment go towards the south and then another detachment go towards the entrance you went to and then another group goes sort of towards the west. Um, and she goes, you want to stick with me, or would you like to go with one of the other detachments? No, I'm a, I'm a strength in numbers 
kind of guy in this kind of a mindset. Um, you know, undead things. I'm capable, but not invincible. So I'm going to stick with people. Um, I'll follow the captain. Behold, the most reasonable person in the party so far. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> she goes, uh, follow me. We must go find, uh, see if Lady Eliza knows what is going on in the city. Uh, she leads you to the Laughing Dragon, uh, which she checks in. She runs in. Stay here. Keep watch. If you see any more skeletons, holler and kill them. And I'll come and help if I can. Uh, she runs inside. Uh, for a few minutes, you don't see anything. Uh, she comes back out and goes, well, Eliza's not there. So, she goes, let's make our way to the temple. See if we can find our monk. Along the way, I'm going to ask, who's Eliza? Uh, she is the owner of the Laughing Dragon. She's an elf. Uh, high elf, I think. Uh, you guys make your way up the road, and uh, you get to the bridge. Uh, and about the time you get to the bridge, uh, you see Eliza and um she looks at her and says where's the monk uh <laughs> I'm right here no <laughs> I'm not you the other one oh. uh but at that time uh make me an initiative check because before Eliza can answer you hear the ground beginning to move between beneath your feet just a straight up uh, vigilance roll? Straight vigilance roll. Which means it is a straight up low power roll, because I have no training in vigilance. Boop. Wow, GM. Sorry. Somebody's quick. <laughs> Somebody's very quick. <laughs> oh dang, I hope that's not the skellies. Uh, no. You're you're in luck. Let's see what's what's the skelly is gonna do. I don't imagine is they he, have. Is the he in luck? <laughs> yeah, he's in luck. Well, we'll see what happens with the skellies. I mean, what kind of a willpower does a skeleton have? Uh, a one. <laughs> yeah, that's... but if it's a minion group, it's still a one. So I mean, it's well. Here's their check. You ready for it? Oh boy. Oh. Dang. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just oh. got a one. They're just a minion group. Man, five skeletons begin to uh, claw their way out from the ground beneath you. Ah! Uh, you, I play whack a mole. <laughs> well, as as they do this, um, one shoots, uh, sticks its sword up through the air, and is going to slash at you. Just because I'm I'm mean like that. Do you have any defense, uh, Seth? No. No defense. Oh, boy. I'm going to give them a setback die, though. They're in the ground. Okay, well, they score two successes. As they crawl their way out and begin slashing their sword, that is going to be seven damage coming your way. My five soak makes that two damage. There you go. Nice. Dang, man. Nice. Five soak. Woo. All right. I'm a monk. I'm uh, Would you like to go first? Sure. Seeing as how I just got attacked and all. The one that hit me, I'm going to do a divine holy attack like I did before. Okay. At a boost die, um, to this they are still halfway in the ground. Okay. Is the difficulty still the two purple when I add the divine? Yes. Hit? Yeah, yeah. If, you do a, if you're doing holy a holy hit. attack, yeah, it's still two purple. Plus a, All right. one blue. One success. Nice. Uh, that's not nice. Okay, how much damage is that? Uh, that would be five damage. 
Um, so the last time, you know, it was like my whole hand. This time, I'm like finger gunning. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> all right. So you just scorched this this uh, skeleton right in the face that that slashed your legs. Um, <laughs> I think the the other the high elf Eliza looks at you and raises an eyebrow like, okay, um, unconventional form, but you know, all right. Uh, with that though. The captain rolls, and she scores two successes, a total of nine damage. So uh, she, as one sort of claws its way out and starts trying to take a a swing at her, she just cleaves its head right off um, and continues to swing her greatsword and takes out another one as well, just sort of hitting it right center mass and scale bones just fly everywhere eliza uh she goes she does a very similar spell uh it looks holy as well um she just takes two hands and puts it on each side of like a skeleton's like head and just melts melts it completely uh they finish crawling the last two finish crawling out and they are going to swing at uh eliza this time and they with two advantage. Um, what, both of them kind of swing, but um, they end up not hitting her with the weapon, the blade, but uh, one does catch her with like the butt of the sword, and she takes a nasty blow to the forehead, suffering two strain. So, Seth, would you like to go? Well, sure. Um, I think at this stage, I'm going to shift, try to save some of my strain for you know, further magic down the road, because I'm sure this is not the only other combat we're going to be in. I'm going to draw my Qatar weapon and do some punching. All right, that's going to be two purple, one black difficulty. Three success and a triumph. Nice, nice. Let's see. So it's my brawn plus my successes plus the weapon damage? Yes. That'd be nine damage. Uh, That is going to kill one. Okay, then I'll use the... Uh, triumph to crit. All right. Go ahead and Good. kill the last two. What does this look like? So the Qatar, it's like a, a it's basically like a, a bladed fist weapon. Um, yeah. So, but in any case, so I, I pull it out and I just kind of go a little berserkish. Like pic- picture Wolverine. Okay. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. duck, and, duck and dive and dodging and just decapitating these these things like one one arm blocks one and I cut off the head of the other and then I do like a flip over the back of one and as I mm-hmm. straighten up I bring my other hand up and take off the head of the other. Yeah. And I'm like, was that unconventional as well or uh she gives you a slow clap. Doesn't Ooh, say nice. anything. And at that time you guys hear screams from the city and goes, Well, I guess we know where we need to head now. And you guys make your way uh, back a little bit deeper into the city. And let's, uh, let's screen wipe from there back to our fellows in the dungeon. Afriel looks at you and, and takes the stone and goes, it will be safe here, and places it into the well. Now, what would you wish of me? I will not count this as a request. 
call it a favor for Morty. Well, uh, I was thinking that of all the things I could use, I have this fancy schmancy vest, which I would be loath to part with. Um, but currently, it does not provide much protection. I was thinking maybe you could enchant that or uh, where I come from. Uh, my my people, they sometimes bond with these celestial so they can receive advice and stuff through uh, that connection. I would like to root myself somewhat in this city since I have lost my home. Um, perhaps a necklace that I could sometimes ask you small questions or be bonded to you and us this city. She pauses for a second. Not really... I don't... I think you kind of feel like she doesn't know how to take this at first. Uh, it's, maybe no one has ever asked her this, this of her before. Uh, she reaches down and pulls off... She removes some, some vines. And um, takes a flower. Um, and fastens a necklace of sorts. Um, if you wish, you may receive this. Uh, I would... <clears throat> so, Kachi's going to approach her, and as he does, he goes, Just so you know, it has been a long time since I was with my love who died, and I have not met anyone that made me feel as clean as you thought. So, this is not a random word. Well, I am honored that you would so choose to devote yourself in this manner. And uh, she goes, if you would kneel, and as you kneel, and when you kneel, she places the necklace on you. Um, and we'll talk about the mechanical aspects of that later. Um, and she kind of like, uh, I think she actually takes water out of the, the well. And she, I guess, kind of baptizes you. Um, she lets the, the water from the well that she pulls out sort of drip onto your head. And you feel the, the sort of spectral touch of her hand. And you notice that the, at, when she does this, the necklace glows. A bright sort of, um, the flower glows, I guess you could say. A bright yellow sort of orange. And then it dims. And she goes, whenever you need me, if I am able to, I will answer. Radian uh, steps forward. He says, I came to Three Oaks on my father's advice to seek the tutelage of a great mage, and I found some skill in magic, and I wonder if you could broaden it for me. What form of magic do you wish for me to bless? I found some aptitude in the primal magics. Uh, she says, come and kneel. He does. Uh, she does the same thing to you. She takes the water and uh, uh, pours it over your head. Uh, and she cups a little bit in her hand and pours it over your head and then touches your head. Same sort of spectral-like feeling. Um, and she blesses you. you. Raytheon uh, sort of like mutters under his breath, just sort of like barely audible. Like, Lord Francis's red red sauce puts the shit on everything. <laughs> uh, she you may rise, um, and she looks to the last two, uh, Leo and Ruby. 
What do the two of you desire? Well, I suppose I could use a a, a blessing on my sword. All right. Let me see it. There you go. Uh, I pull out and hand to her. Uh, she takes it and holds it um, and then dips it into the water. Um, it glows briefly once it's removed and then returns to its dull state. She hands it back to you. Thank you so much. Uh, what have you done? I have endowed it with a part of my essence, part of my power. It is blessed. So this sword is now well endowed? Blessed. I thought you said you just endowed it. <laughs> yes. I see what you're Thank doing you. there. I, I see what you're doing. And well thank you thank you uh for the blessing you are welcome ruby approaches her and whispers in her ear something uh afriel nods and uh ruby kneels and the same sort of ceremony thing she dips her hand in the water cups some water pours it over ruby's head and then uh, places her hands on her and blesses her uh, after that, Ruby stands up, uh, gives her a hug. Uh, Afriel's like, "Oh, uh, okay, um, okay, we're we're doing it. okay, yeah, okay." Starts to step up to like turn it into a group hug. No, 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 no. It's good. It's good. <laughs> this is weird. I've never. Um, I, this is weird with mortals. This is weird. Um, <laughs> she goes. I bid you all good luck and blessings on your journey. You are going to need it. And with that, she um, vanishes from her sight, from your sight. I have to admit, this is pretty weird. What did you, what did you ask for, Ruby? Uh, maybe we can talk about it later. I think I need to process it. Okay. Well, my, you know my spot in the woods. Okay. Sure thing. Oh, geez, where am I thinking? Guys, there's zombies up, up in the town above us. Yeah, but we, we still have, like, a door to go through. Uh, hey, uh, out of character, uh, so even though she's gone, do I still kind of feel her presence? Oh, yeah, like, especially in this room. Like, and I'll say this, uh, each of you are healed of all strain and wounds right now. Just oh, hell yeah. Flat. You are, um, if you were suffering from any critical injury, you were healed of that as well. Okay, I, I guess we should... Look at we should progress, we should go forward. All right, after you. All right, so you <laughs> open the door, uh, and in front of you looks a normal corridor. Um, it is lit by four torches, uh, two on each side. What do you do? You're standing at the doorway, you've not entered, you've not left this room and entered into the hallway. Can you guys help me look for traps? I can't see for crap. <laughs> okay, so Raytheon will, um, uh... Raytheon will go ahead and check for traps. No worries, Leo. We'll see what we can find. Yeah, and do we see or hear anything obvious? Um, I'm not going to make a check for this, uh, Jordan. You, I mean, Raytheon starts looking, and it is a normal corridor. It looks like the other corridors. It's um, just a straight corridor. There are no traps. The you test the the stones out. They are not pressure triggered. Um, there are no tripwires. Nothing on the door. It is a. There's no traps. Um, at least half, but at least at, from the at the beginning of this this hallway, and I'm gonna say, as you like approach it, if you choose to go down it, you don't, you're not seeing any traps. 
Yeah, Raytheon's going to make a sweep all the way to the end. Okay. And check the far door for uh, for any traps. Does anyone follow him? He, you get down to the other end, and he disappears from you guys. If y'all stay in the the other room, uh, Raytheon sort of like turns back once he gets to the door. You can't see them. Everyone, Ruby. You you turn your you turn around and you see a stone wall. Shit. Hope they follow me. <laughs> do, do we see him go in there? Yeah, he goes in and he gets all the way down at the end where the light sort of stops and then he disappears. It's like he goes like just he like it's like he goes through a veil. Guys, hey. long and hard about this. Let's go the other way. <laughs> so <laughs> there is no other way. As soon as Raven realizes they can't see him anymore because he can't see them, he starts just sort of like punch dancing out his frustration. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I I I follow. I, I have to. Um, yeah, I think Ruby follows too. Oh my gosh! I hope he didn't yeah. die. Oh my gosh! Oh jeez! Hurry up after this fool. Uh, you guys catch up to him, and he you see a Wraith, you see Raytheon punch dancing. Damn it! <laughs> I think like Andy Samberg and Hot Rod. Like, <laughs> gosh! Oh Raytheon, why? What are you doing? Why? The second he hears that, he stops, straightens his his jerkin, and says, "Right." <laughs> you reach the end and when you turn around there's a stone wall essentially basically every time you turn around there's a stone wall oh you are no longer in a you're no longer in a quarter it seems that it, if you're as if you're in a, a a box a square sort of stone room so like no matter how far we walk no matter what direction yes i look up you turn around a couple times like trying to like like wait what i just wait Hold on. And uh, as you start turning around, you start, you finally catch it. First, you see it one word, and then like, which says keep, and then you turn around again a couple times, and then it adds another word. Your, and you keep, like, you realize, like, oh, wait a minute, there's something written on the wall. So you look, and it says keep your eyes on the wall. Okay. So I turn around, I look at the wall, and I start to walk backwards. As you walk backwards, you. Leo, what are you doing? Walk into... Trying something. Uh, he walks through the wall. Shoot. Ruby immediately turns around and does the same thing. <laughs> Alright, Ruby <laughs> does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving Tetji alone in the dark. I'm like, oh, I could stay here. This would be a nice place to live. What do you think about this uh, celestial girl? This good place? And as I slowly start to do it, but Leo did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys find yourself, if you look to a, a roll 20, you guys can move your characters. Y'all find yourself in another room. As you enter the room, you hear the stone door uh, slam shut behind you. Uh, and in front of you is an interesting room. Um, you enter this room and you find in the middle, waist high in front of you, is an altar. Upon its altar is a uh, a rectangular case. It is um, silver, and the the top is black. The wall behind the ball altar is lined with five other chests on different altars. To the left and right, you see uh, some gold, a little bit of treasure. You see two candle stands on each side of the room, and you also see lining the walls to your left and right uh, on the wall of the door two large statues of elven armor and unlike the room the elven armor seems untouched by 
dust or cobwebs. It is shiny, as if as if it has been freshly uh, crafted the day before. Uh, there is a bright red rug leading to the first altar, and upon uh, a small podium in front of that altar are three uh, smaller uh, podiums or columns. Uh, from what you can see, there is there may be something written on those slabs. Um, Raytheon's going to notice the armor, kind of perk up and say, I've not seen this since I was a boy, and uh, go, I go inspect it. Now, from all the tales I've heard, just so everyone knows, don't touch anything in here until we kind of got an idea what's going on. You say that, and, like, Ruby, like, was touching the chest of the armor, and she, like, looks at you and pulls her finger away from the, <laughs> the chest, like, oops. You'll leave I, fingerprints, Ruby. But what if you had something of equivalent weight? Like, this is just a mechanical thing. I can't tell the difference. These suits of armor are clearly magical. And so the rest of the room can't be? That's a very silly thing to think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I look around a little bit better, like like at the, uh, the the words on the pedestals or anything else around, just for the clue hint that we always get. Uh, yeah, on uh, the three pedestals, there are uh, three different uh, phrases inscribed upon them. Um, and they are, as you begin to read them, three riddles. And I think that is a good stopping point for the first part of our session tonight. Son of a! Son of a stitch. Content of this podcast is property of the Hazardous Casual Podcast. The Genesis role-playing game, Genesis logo, and Realms of Turnoff are property of Fantasy Flight Games. The content used from the Genesis founder belongs to their respective owners. The hilarious setting and setting books is property of the Hazardous Casual Podcast. Music is provided by Rayford Johnson or otherwise stated in the show notes.